your favorite sports podcast. We're Money Cup and BS1. In the 2018 NBA Draft, the Phoenix Suns select DeAndre Ayton from Nashville, Bahamas, and the University of Arizona. With the third pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Luka Doncic from Ljubljana, Slovenia, and Real Madrid. The fifth pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Trey Young from the University of Oklahoma. With the 14th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. from the University of Missouri. With your host, Alex Dreisick. This is Mulligans, your favorite sports podcast where money talks and BS walks. There's a nice ring to it, doesn't it, boy? I'm your host, Alex Dreisack, with another good episode for you here. Before we get started, make sure to check out the podcast at moosesmulligans.weebly.com. Give us a like at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans for all the latest news. Also, that opening song you heard, that was Somewhat Ace Band's new album uh, called Introducing Somewhat Ace. You can go to somewhataceband.com to order the CD version. You can go on Spotify, listen to the new album, and on iTunes. It's now available. Go check it out. All right, a few topics I really want to hit on this week, but to get you started, let's talk about the NBA draft that happened this week. And I think the best way to describe what's going on in the NBA is, I don't know if any of you have played travel baseball. Well, when you play travel baseball... You know, you have a tournament, and it's usually Fridays, Saturdays, and then playoffs are Sundays. I was on plenty of teams where we would kick butt Friday, we'd win on Saturday, get a nice good seed, high seed, and a team that just barely squeaked in would show up with pretty much, I just call it their big brothers, let's say it that way, and kick the crap out of us. They had guys that pretty much just showed up for the playoffs. The way, the way I saw the NBA draft was like, we were drafting all the Friday and Saturday players, and now we're just waiting to see where the Sunday players sign. Yeah, some of these players have the potential to be superstars. But the way the NBA is built right now, especially the way the Warriors built the NBA with Kevin Durant there now, I'm not buying into the whole Kevin Durant ruined the NBA thing, but he certainly didn't help. But the way he built it is... It's going to be more important where LeBron goes, because then that starts to train your action possibly with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So it's like, I mean, these draft picks might be important three to five years down the road if the team that drafts them can even afford them to keep them around because they may want to pair up with someone else from this draft three to five years down the road and team up and become a super team. And you just got to hope you're the super team that gets them. But what it really is, is like they're drafting guys... And then making trades to clear salary caps so that they have a prayer of getting one of these players to start a super team. To, to me, it wasn't like a super inspiring, like, oh my god, they're drafting someone who's going to make an impact right away. It was a, 
uh, I mean, three to five years, this guy might be really good, but I don't know what team he's going to be on. I don't know if he's going to go join the Warriors or the Rockets. Or It was like the teams that finished last and were supposed to be drafting their future, it almost didn't feel like they were actually drafting their future because there's no guarantee of anything in the NBA anymore, of the possibility of building a franchise. The, the 76ers showed that Losing for three to four years might be the only way to really bounce back with the way the league's built. But looking more specifically, um, I wanted to praise the Atlanta Hawks. I thought they had a great draft. Uh, I mean, the, the Hawks are in, in a great direction. They have almost no salary cap at all. That's I know a lot of you guys give me crap about it, but I always said that's not a bad place for LeBron James to go, especially now. Yeah, that's possible. I had it as LeBron James has a brand new arena in Atlanta. He has all the cap space he wants to bring in his friends. He can bring in Melo. He can bring in Paul George. He can bring in Leonard. And now, after the trade, they have Trey Young, from, who can be a really good point guard, which is Atlanta doesn't have. And they added a few other good picks. Uh, Kevin Huerter at the 19th pick I thought was really good. And uh, his name's Omri Spellman from Villanova. A uh, very underrated 6'10 freshman. He might he might it might have been a little high, but he's he's a very good player. So I like the direction they're going in, and they're hoping to get one big name free agent over the next two to three years because they know they're not going to win unless they get someone like a LeBron right now. Don't even try. So uh, they've kept their cap space open. They've added good young talent. They're really bought into the process that the 76ers did. So I'm proud of them. Now, teams that aren't going with the process, besides the Raptors, who had no picks, that's definitely not trusting the process and firing your coach, by the way, when you're the number one seed in your conference. That's not trusting the process either. But all that aside, when you have no picks in the draft, it's going to be difficult for me to say that you're going to have a bright future coming unless you already got five or six guys last year, and that's why you have no picks. No, I mean, they they seem more on the way out, in my opinion, than on the way in. But I'm also mad at the Wizards. Um, they actually, their GM didn't even sound confident in their pick, so that's not a good start. Uh, he didn't, he's, he's honestly not sure how Troy Brown would fit, and that's not reassuring. Uh, and honestly, it, the, the, it just bewilders me what, what they're doing. I mean, I know they missed Kevin Durant, and that's not their fault, really. I mean, it would have been the perfect story of Kevin Durant going there with all the John Wall and Bradley Beal there, and then they add one more guy, and now they're a superstar team. They're still two or three players away from even contending now, in my opinion. Yeah, they'll hang around, but it doesn't mean they're going to win anything. Uh, we saw this with the Detroit Tigers for five, ten years, where they would kind of make it to the World Series once every 15 years, and they never won it, and they were never bad enough to get young, good talent. And now they have a bunch of salary tied up, and they're forced to rebuild and blow it up. Just to leave you here on the NBA draft, it, a good example would be like, I don't really care at all who the Lakers draft, because if they get Kawhi Leonard, he's young. He's got a future. And not only that, it's more likely to bring LeBron in, and LeBron is going to be an impact player as long as he's healthy, at least for the next two, three years. He's proven that. So it just... Are you gonna are you gonna tell me that if they drafted twenty picks too early on one guy and they draft a guy who ends up busting in the second round, that the fact that they got Leonard and LeBron for the next three years that this was this draft was detrimental? No, the NBA draft honestly has like no real 
effect on the league unless you somehow get a LeBron James, which we obviously haven't seen. So it becomes difficult to really judge the true impact the NBA draft's going to have until three, five years from now if we see some superstar who decides to stay with this team, which I, I kind of highly doubt, unless it's the Celtics next year. I mean, they're going to have a high pick next year, and I'm, I'm sure I would stay with the Celtics as a high draft pick. But it's it just shows that the NBA draft really had no impact on me. All right, the next thing I really wanted to talk about on the show, well, I don't really want to talk about it. It's just really bothering me going into next year. It's kind of tough to talk about because it's it's fantasy football, and I don't know if anyone else is starting to see the dilemma here. But just to put it in perspective, anyone who's played fantasy football knows that like one of the hardest things to do is to know what New England Patriot running back to start with Bill Belichick. No thanks. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, upside down underwater. I it's. It's a crossword that can't be solved. You never know what Belichick's going to see during a game or what plan he has going in. So I honestly, I just always avoided it. I always avoided taking New England running backs. But now, I'm kind of seeing the same thing at quarterback for the entire league. So, drafting a quarterback this year is just going to be an absolute nightmare for, for anyone in fantasy. So, I mean, who do you call a sure thing? I mean... Drew Brees. I mean, he's getting older. I mean, what the the real examples are like? I look at Carson Wentz coming back from injury. I look at Andrew Luck coming back from injury. Can I trust them? I don't know. I had Deshaun Watson for two weeks last year. That was the best two weeks of fantasy in my life. But he went out for the year. So do I want to invest a lot of money in an Andrew Luck or you know uh, Carson Wentz? Or a Drew Brees? Are, are they going to be healthy? Does it, it does it even matter if they stay healthy the way the quarterback play is? And the other question becomes, what, what quarterback's even going to be starting by week five? We have a lot of borderline quarterback decisions with these teams. I mean, we have Josh McCowan versus Teddy Bridgewater. Do I really want to get involved in that position battle and even miss out on the starting quarterback? No, I, I don't, I don't want to get near that. I mean... Patrick Mahomes will be the starting quarterback for Kansas City, but do we really know how good he's going to be? That's another risk. It's just a complete nightmare to watch. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers going to be healthy? Is he worth the price of admission? I, I, it, there are a few quarterbacks where people are going to tell me, like, hey, Matt Ryan's going to be Matty Ice. He's still going to have a good receiving core. He's totally worth it. You can totally rely on him. But, I mean, what's the? is he going to get that many more points if I take a risk on two of these guys? and maybe one of them hits. It's just like handcuffing running backs at this point. I mean, anyone who went through my pain, I had David Johnson and Dalvin Cook last year go out, and then I had Alvin Kamara go out for my playoffs just, just to make things even worse. But but anyone who suffered through that is just honestly realizing that you kind of want to pick the guys that don't really start the year. I mean, is that weird to say? I mean, I want the guys who are fresh in week 12 through 16. I don't want the I don't want the guys that get hurt the first eight weeks because if you go on we had an article on Moose's Mulligans where we did all the research on it and 45% of starting NFL players at every position 45% were hurt by week 10. If they started week one, they weren't starting week 10 because of an injury. So at what point does it even become strategy? And it just becomes luck. Not Andrew Luck. Hopefully, hopefully you're not taking him. But I mean. 
uh, it's just, I mean, Jared Goff is, I think, is about as sure as you can get. Uh, we, I mean, the real good long shots are like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's the sexy pick this year. That's like when you took Cam Newton his rookie year with Carolina, and it paid off. I mean, it, but it, uh, look at Dak Prescott from one year to another. It was totally, he was totally useless last year. So how am I supposed to know what quarterback to take? Okay, two, two more things for you before I leave you here. The first thing I really, it tempts me, a lot of people do this with defenses, and we went to an IDP league of mine, individual defensive player, and you can still stream that. Honestly, a lot of guys did. It's called streaming. You, play, you pick a guy up for a week because he has a good matchup. You drop him, pick up the next guy. Why are they tempting me to stream quarterbacks now? Like, that was, that was like a big no-no back in the day. <laughs> if you streamed a quarterback, you were an amateur. But now I'm starting to look, and it's like, you know what? I'm I might take a Tyrod Taylor against a Bengals defense. You know, they're 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 really not doing. You know, I might take a you know I might pick up Case Keenum. He's starting for Denver this week because Paxton Lynch is hurt again. And then they're playing a Raiders secondary that's the worst since 1950. Who know? It's stupid. I don't know. It's just they're why are they encouraging me to stream quarterbacks? If anyone can answer that to me, please send it in because. It doesn't seem like any quarterback's worth the price of admission, and I'm just going to sit on my butt and just wait it out and kind of play it week by week, in my opinion. The other thing is that fantasy football starting to tempt me to play what's called best ball. It's like, you know, when you golf with four other people, you take the best shot that you think, and then you pick up the other three. Well, why don't we just start doing that with fantasy football? It's the only way anyone's actually going to enjoy it without, you know, I start... David Johnson and on the second carry he breaks his wrist so how how is that any fun because he's out for the year I get no points that week I get no points the rest of the year so instead everyone on your roster scores points and then for each position you could say hell I mean that's that would be I think that would be a good way to do it each position like okay I have two quarterbacks this guy scored the most points so this this quarterback was my starting quarterback this week it also kind of encourages you to have your bench differently. Like, if I have two quarterbacks that are kind of sketchy, I might pick up a third one just to be safe. But it it actually brings on a whole new strategy where injuries don't kill your week. If you don't, if you lose your two wide receivers on slant routes where they get absolutely obl- obliterated by the strong safety, you still have two more on your bench to help fill in. May not be a ton of points, but at least it's something. And it kind of helps you build depth. So you don't have to worry about always replacing, replacing, replacing. Because the waiver wire in football is not fun to live on. And honestly, nobody likes keeping handcuffs on their bench forever. It's just it's just some interesting ideas for fantasy football. Let me know your opinions by sending it in to moosesmulligans.weebly.com. You can go to facebook.com slash moosesmulligans and send us a message. Um, also, oh yeah, check out somewhatacemand.com for the new album. Love it. And just make sure to keep staying involved with the podcast. You guys have done a great job, and I want to keep hearing your opinions so we can keep talking, like uh, how everyone's concerned about their fantasy football quarterback this year and was asking me for an answer. I gave you a long-winded answer that I don't freaking know, and I don't think anybody knows. If they tell you they know, they're lying. So until next week, check us out, facebook.com slash com. This is where money talks and BS walks. We'll see you next week. Get the hell out of here!